In Chinese, it's called Tsaonima. And people say it's like me. So, so <laughs> I use this a lot. Welcome to Mosaic of China, a podcast about people who are making their mark in China. I'm your host, Oscar Fuchs. I want to give a big thanks to the magazine That's Shanghai for featuring the podcast in its online edition last week, and especially to Ned who did the interview. So, in case there are any new listeners, welcome to you. I think the back catalogue of the podcast adds up to around eight hours, so all you have to do is stay up for one night, and you'll be all caught up. There you go. You're welcome. Today's interview is with Nini Sum. We talk about her life and work as the co-founder of the first independent screen print studio in China, as well as her take on artistic expression and the art scene in general in China. And you'll notice straight away that she has a very hypnotic way of talking. So this episode should be a nice, slow, and relaxing one. Well, thank you very much for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm here with Nini Sum, and Nini is an artist and also the co-founder of Idle Beats here in Shanghai. Yes. Well, I want to know all about that. But first of all, what is the object that you have brought in today?、Uh, I brought in a screen print. So the name of this screen print is called、uh, Intergeneration. So it's a handmade print art.、Uh, the main character is a grandpa riding a bicycle, carrying、uh, his granddaughter, and they are looking through a、uh, traditional Chinese garden gate. And through this gate, you can see a gradient from the sunset red to yellow and to blue, and、um, the background is actually the modern city. So it's a mixture of real and surreal elements. It's a fairy tale happening in the city, but also like a dream that you can dream of the traditional Chinese ink painting scenery. Right. And what does this mean to you? This particular piece. This is、uh, how I see the modern life right now in China. So you have a lot of daily life going on in the streets, with all these big buildings. But also, everyone has a spiritual world. It's almost like an oasis in your heart. Then you can go maybe time travel, go back to the old days, or like dreamland within your daily life. Wow,、mm. and. Your voice has a dreamlike quality, so <laughs> it's kind of making me almost go into a different world right now.、Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned this is screen printing. So, what actually is screen printing?、Uh, screen printing is actually one of the oldest printmaking method. So, same like woodcut, like the Japanese yukiyori printmaking method, and also like etching, copperboard. Printing. They are all printmaking techniques, but screen printing got quite popular、uh, last century by、uh, these pop artists like Andy Warhol. So it's basically、mm, using a piece of silk stretched on a wooden or metal frame, and you use the photo exposure、um, technique to expose one image onto the silk. So part of the silk is sealed by a photo emulsion, and some parts are、um, through. So then you put some ink on it, then you press it with a, a squeegee, like a、um, printing board. Then the ink got、uh, squeezed through the silk and forms a、uh, graphic. So each color takes one screen. Then,、uh, for example, this print takes fourteen to fifteen screens to make, and it. Always comes in an addition because you print the first layer like fifty times and the second layer again and in the end you get 
fifty prints. So for a print like this, each different color would be a different screen print. Yes, so it's like almost like a manual、uh, Photoshop, but you do everything by hand. So maybe、uh, each color is a little bit different, and the positioning is、uh, is a little bit different. And sometimes I like to add some、uh, hand painting effect into it, so each one is looks almost the same, but、uh, it has a human touch in it. Right. So this one maybe took me three, four days to make the whole edition. I think the edition is sixteen. Yeah, this is a very complicated one to make. Right. So tell us about Idle Beats. Idle Beats is an artist collective of me and my studio partner Gregor Koiting. He's a German artist, and we are the first independent screen printing studio in China. We found the studio in 2009, so 10 years ago. We've been running the studio here in Shanghai for 10 years now. So Gregor and I, we both make print art and also do visuals for musicians, such as album covers or music posters. And recently, we do also like public arts. So actually, it's not really only limited to screen printing. But、uh, back in the days when we founded the studio, no one was doing this. And also, we run a、um, community screen printing space also under Idlebeats. It's called IB Print Club. We also work with brands and also do like、uh, commercial art collaborations. Actually,、uh, never really intended to start a screen printing studio, and never, never really thought like that. It's just because in college I、um, got to know this art form, and I found it really, really fun to play with. And、uh, after college, I wanted to make some of my drawings into prints so I can share them with my friends and families because they always like, ah,、oh, want want something you make and blah blah. Then I was making oil paintings, but oil paintings I cannot. Give you one because it's、uh, only one piece. That's why I I thought okay maybe I try、uh, with screen printing then I can make an edition and share with other people. So I just got some equipment and made some prints and also、uh, like T-shirts and tote bags. So those are also can be、um, screen printed. Then once I started doing that, I found out actually people were really curious about it. So ten years ago actually not. Really, too many people know what this art form is, especially Chinese kids. They're super curious. Then、uh, we also got contacted by a music club,、uh, underground music club called Shelter in Shanghai. So I started making like music poster art. So it was just really a fun game to me. So when I, when I think about screen printing as an art form, like it has a kind of underground edge to it. Like has it always been a little bit subversive, or is it quite mainstream? Actually, it's pretty divided. So, actually, there were some、um, factories existing already in China, and their job is to help the established fine artist make duplications, like、um, copies of their original works. For example, if I'm a super famous artist, I make、um, oil painting, then I would hire a print factory to make it into a screen prints edition, then can sell and make more money. But、uh, we use it more like independent art output. So, how easy is it for someone to come in from scratch and and to make their own artwork? 
So uh, within two hours, actually, you can turn um, one simple graphic into a screen print. It's actually quite easy way. The entry level is pretty low. That's why it's such an art form for everyone, not just for the elite. Or you have to go to the art school and learn the art history, or you know how to paint well. No, screen printing is really for everyone. So people who come to Abbey Print Club for the workshops, they can be like, okay, yesterday I made a doodle drawing. I want to make it into a T-shirt, or I took a photo of my girlfriend. I really like it. Can I make it into a print and give her like a present? It's all doable. Yeah, that's great. And so, how would you describe the independent art scene in China right now? Recent one or two years, actually, I. I'm really excited about the independent art scene in in China because once when we started doing this ten、uh, years ago, we hardly can find a crowd who appreciate this kind of art. It's mostly、um, expats. I have to be honest, people who appreciate this art and who would really buy it or hang it in their homes. The most of the Chinese they either go for the fine art market by super expensive arts, or they、uh, go to IKEA or even like a street shop by those uh, cheap uh, mainstream, just bad quality prints. But now, recent years,、uh, you can see there are many art fairs、uh, happening in China. Like art events, I recently went to one in、uh, Chengdu. It's called the Singularity Art Fair. I met so many young artists there. They are, they are showing their works, and it's in all kinds of wicked forms. I just feel like the the young people, younger generation, they have the eager to express themselves and make things. And there are also people who are bringing all these people together, like the host of the art fairs, and also different book fairs in in also happening now. Not only in in China, not only in Shanghai, but also in Asia, like in in Tokyo, in Seoul, even in Bangkok, in in different regions. I feel like there is really alive this independent art scene. That's great to hear because often life in China it can be quite restrictive. Do you feel any pressure in that regard, or is it mainly positive?、Mm, definitely, you definitely feel that,、um, especially if you're a content creator. But I also think the the way of expressing one's thoughts、um, actually China is also different to the West. It's never、uh, really like a. A provoking or a very extreme way of expression. In that way, actually,、um, I feel like if you compare to ten years ago, people are way more dare to、um, to express themselves and more creative. Definitely. Right. You're not the first person who said that. I I think if you come from a Western perspective, you're used to art being very confrontational and very very loud and out there. It can be very challenging. But I think. You do have the same style in China, but it's just a little bit more subtle, and it's more about the nuances, right? Yes. And so, you mentioned、um, that around Asia, there's various independent art scenes from Japan down to Thailand. So, do you do any collaborations outside of China? Yes, actually,、uh, for the past years, we've been doing a、uh, art exchange project called Tale of Two Cities. It's a dual city exhibition. Which we、um, every year we choose one art studio who has a similar practice like us, 
Then we invite them here to China to have an exhibition with us, and we also go to their cities. So it's like a two-city exchange. We've done it、uh, four years already with a、um, studio from Paris, Berlin, Cambodia, and also Groningen in Netherlands. So it's four、uh, groups of different artists. And how was the experience in Cambodia?、Uh, actually, Cambodia was the one that gave me the most、um, strongest、um, impression because people there are、uh, not like in Europe.、Uh, they Are working under extremely hard conditions. They don't even have enough water pressure, and it's super crazily hot there. And they don't have aircon, but they、um, build everything on their own. Even the exposure box was built just by、um, several pieces of wood, and they put some lamps in it. But they still make beautiful and powerful prints. That's why the experience was really、uh, memorable. Maybe it just goes to show that making art is primal. It's something which you have to do, and it doesn't matter if you have the best technology or the or the best equipment. It it just has to come out, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that's also the charm of screen printing. It can、um, you can really do it if you if you want to. So you don't need to, like I said, a high education or a really fancy art studio. So how has your own personal art evolved over the years? After doing oil painting for for several years, I found actually、uh, it's a more like、uh, me talking to myself and expressing my own thoughts, my own little world. But、uh, after I moved to to Shanghai, actually I feel like the China is、uh, changing like every day, and I don't want to stay in my little own little world anymore. So I started doing more. Other other kinds of projects and using screen printing, because of this medium, I can get to know more people, and to do classes and do collaborations, and that's why the the work now after these years is more about the society.、Uh, before it was more like surreal and dreamy, but now I try to keep this kind of surreal feeling, but also、um, adding more like a、uh, real life happenings into it. Like the life that's really happening, happening around me, not just、um, a spiritual world. Yeah. Do you、um, compartmentalize your life between art and then outside? You don't do much art, or what? What's your free time like? Actually,、um, for ten years, I've been living as a full-time artist. There's not really a line between free free time and、uh, and work anymore. So. Sometimes,、um, for example, if you watch a movie and this movie can be inspirational, then I could like right after watching it, I would make a sketch or something. So it's really fun. It's already part of the the creation. It's al- already part of the life. And sometimes, creation is also relaxing. And where does that come from? Like, did you come from an artistic background?、Uh, not at all. My parents are both working class, working as the normal, ordinary jobs. Yeah. Actually, this is the only job that I feel、uh, attracted to. I was also working in office,、um, but if working towards a commercial purpose, it's、um, I just feel really vain inside. So that's why making art is more like a therapy kind of thing. So every every day, I feel like I'm not it's not wasted. I'm working towards a a purpose that that is however meaningful to me. That why that's why I could live happily every day. If I do anything else, I don't think I'll be as happy as I am right now. I just want to be to be able to create and work on interesting projects. 
and go to different places and get to know other interesting people like you. <laughs> I'm not sure if you saw my art. I'm not sure we would be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite curious now. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not being modest. Mm. I've never been able to draw. But so. but you know what? You don't need to draw well. Mm. So I had a uh, I had a discussion with this French studio Palafroy. So they. Both are very philosophical thinking artists. They make really nice drawings, and they would draw blindly, or they would draw with left hands. So it's all for breaking the normal rules of what a good drawing is. Maybe you just draw blindly, but you come up with like an abstract painting. I was really inspired by them. Yeah. So maybe your drawing is like masterpieces. You just don't know. Okay, I'll do it, and then <laughs> I'll be a famous artist for all to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Nini. That's that's great to find out all about what you're doing. Well, now let's move on to part two,、mm-hmm. which are the ten questions. Yep. So, ready? Yes. Here we go. Question one: What is your favorite China-related fact? I don't really know if this is a fact, but I like how surreal China is, and how fast it changes, and how alive this place is. Can you think of any examples? Like when I was young, even a can of Coca-Cola is precious. I remember this. My parents would take me to the street and also some kind of field trip, and would beg them to buy me a can of Coca-Cola. That this would be the rare chance, like maybe for 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 the whole season, I could get a sip of that. But now, if I go to a supermarket, I see all these products on the shelves. I'm just like, where is this place? It's just a short, maybe. Ten twenty years, and it has changed so much. New things are popping out all the time. It's really surreal to live in this place. Well, you mentioned the word surreal, so I wonder: is that what you're trying to encapsulate in your art? Yes, and I want to keep that feeling, but also add a poetic twist.、Mm. Do you have a favorite word or phrase that you'd like to teach other people in Chinese? Yes, it's called 自然而然 It's like very zen and、mm. self-satisfying and、uh, natural flow. So I think in、um, Oriental philosophy, there is something that's not really describable with words. And sometimes you can you cannot force things to happen, but rather feel the feeling and go with the flow and be true to yourself. Yeah, that when when you said go with the flow, I think that's the closest thing. That I would describe it as, like, go with the natural flow. Yes. Okay, I'm going to start to use that. Thank you. <laughs> What is your favorite destination within China?、Um, I would say my hometown, which is which is Nanjing, because I really like going back and visit my my parents and stay with them.、Uh, makes me really really calm. What do you think is is the best thing about living there? Not not as a tourist. Actually, Nanjing is a very slow city, and it was the ancient capital of six dynasties. So it、um, kept a lot of、um, great wars from the Ming Dynasty, the Zhu Yuanzhang, especially. So it's a very historical place, and it's very green because it has a mountain in the heart of the city and the big lake. So if you enter the、uh, get out of the train station, you see the, this big lake. And when I was little, I always paddled the boats on it. And also go to the mountain a lot just for climbing, and you can go to the astronaut center on it. So Nanjing is a place I think really good for for living a chill life. Lucky. 
If you left China, what would you miss the most, and what would you miss the least? I would miss people most, like my parents and friends. And the least would be、um, construction noise. Ah,、oh. <laughs> damn! It's just too much. But actually, I've got to a point now where I just focus it out. I don't hear it very much. Ah, <laughs>、uh, but it's everywhere.、Mm. Sometimes, like my studios, you can hear this from a building like far out. And I go home, and it's at eleven p.m. at night, and somebody's saw- sawing the wood out there, and I literally just. Jumped off the, the 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 stairs and I was shouting at them like, "What do you think you are doing? The grandmas and kids are 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 sleeping. I'm gonna call police." And they're like,、eh, "Why you make a big deal?" Ah,、uh, people are so ignorant and about this. Um, yeah, this is the thing I hate most. Yeah, it's crazy. What about um the next question? Is there anything that still surprises you about modern life in China? Yes, actually,、uh, recently I got invited to do a very interesting new project, and this surprises me because I didn't know that、um, I was wasn't expecting they would come to some artists like me. This is a VR project. Yeah. Where's your favorite place to go out to eat or drink or just hang out? Actually, my friend's studio. So I have several artist friends. They all have studios around、um, my studios area, pretty downtown. And I go in there, see what they're making recently, and also sometimes I invite people here、uh, to my studio, having a beer. Right. It's funny. You're you're never really far away from art. Even even when you're hanging out, you're hanging out around art. Oh my god, it's, it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs>、uh, what is the best or worst purchase you've made in China? Best purchase. I bought some、uh, artist friends'、um, merchandises. Like、uh, they sculpted some candles, so it's like a sculpture, but it's also a candle. Then you can burn them, and the sculpture just melts. I think the idea is really cool. It's also something that you can just buy easily. It's like a hundred kwai or something. So this is what I'm talking about. This、um, new ideas, and people are also. Adapting arts into everyday life and making products, and they make that and sell that, and they have more money and go back and make more ideas. And this is, I like buying stuff like this. Yeah. Great. What's your favorite WeChat sticker? Hmm. <laughs> okay. Can you describe this? Is I don't know. This is、uh, in Chinese. It's called 草泥马 So it's like、uh, this kind of. I don't. I don't know what kind of animal this is. Like a sheep or something. I think it's a llama. Is it a llama? Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's a llama. Yeah, that's the name of it. <laughs> I, I just like his face. It's like just chewing, and you're like, hey, and he just turns into like what? <laughs> like don't really. It's really silly, and people say it's like me. So, so <laughs> I use this a lot. <laughs> what is your go-to song to sing at KTV?、Mm, Linkin Park. Yeah, because I, I don't really go to KTV. The last time I went there was maybe several years ago, and it, when I was in high school, the Linkin Park was really popular. So it's like me and my、uh, some classmates, and they are doing the rap parts and doing the singing parts. Or it's long time ago. I kind of want to see you do that now. <laughs> <laughs> You're very softly spoken, but I can see that you have a punk side to you that would come out pretty strong. <laughs> yeah. And finally, what other China-related media sources or or news outlets do you rely on? 
Um, before there were a lot of art magazines, like art and uh, art world or something that you can see the latest exhibitions. But now it's more like um, people are sharing their information in their moments and WeChat mainly. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much, Nini. Oh, thank you, Oscar. And my final question before you leave. It's the same question I ask every guest. Who do you recommend that I interview next? I would uh, recommend Zoe. Zoe is a friend who is a comic artist and she is also in a band. And she does this amazing comic art group called Shaving in the Dark. And she is very enthusiastic with uh, putting a community together and do the creative output. And she's bilingual, really smart, really talented. So I think you should have a chat with her. Oh, that's great. I actually ran into her because I was doing a presentation and she was in the audience doing live art. Ah. As I was doing it, she was drawing it. It was so impressive. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, she does every day, like, it's like her job. But yeah, she's really smart and really fast. Okay, I can't wait to talk with her. Thanks so much, Nini. Thank you. So the first thing I would like to point out is Nini's WeChat sticker. You can see the llama on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Mosaic of China there. And I'm always trying to encourage people to comment about their understanding about all things Chinese in the community on WeChat. But this time, if you know the double meaning of this sticker, then maybe keep it to yourself just this once. To join that community, please add me on my WeChat ID, Oscar10877, and I'll add you to the group there. Apart from that, you can also see Nini's object, which was one of her prints, and there are another couple of examples of her work there too. There are some photos of the studio, Idle Beats, with her collaborator Gregor, and there's an image from the Singularity Fair in Chengdu that she mentioned. It's a lot bigger in scale than I was picturing in my head. And finally, there are a few photos of her favorite place to visit in China, her hometown of Nanjing. Before I leave, mentioning the historical city of Nanjing offers me the excuse to give a long overdue shout out to the China History Podcast, or CHP, presented by Laszlo Montgomery. If you heard episode 8 with V Vu, she mentioned that there's a history podcast, which is one of her favorite sources of information, but we didn't name it. And if you listened to last week's bonus episode that I recorded with Shannon Martin, I also mentioned a great history podcast, and again, I didn't name it. Well, it's this one. <laughs> Chinese history is extremely daunting. There's this dynasty and that dynasty and this emperor and that battle. If you're like me, you'll have no clue where to even start. Well, Laszlo's podcast is where you should start. And if I sound a little bit flustered while saying this, it's because Laszlo is in the Mosaic of China WeChat community, which makes it all the more embarrassing that I haven't mentioned it until now. Mosaic of China is me, Oscar Fuchs, extra editing support from Milo De Prieto, artwork by Denny Newell, and China support from Alston Gong. Next week's episode is a fun one, and it'll be the last one before the winter break, so I'll see you then. <laughs>